Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to Thank the Maker, a podcast about heroes, princesses, scoundrels, hokey religions, ancient weapons, and all things Star Wars. I'm your host, Adam Russell. I'm your host, Ryan Key. And I'm the other host. My name's Nick. Good to see you all. I feel like it's been a minute. It's been several minutes, even. Yeah, you're not wrong. It's been more than one. Couple hours, even. Many, many Earth minutes. It's been one fortnight. (laughs) How many score has it been? Wait, that's longer. What's a score? I don't know, actually. I'm only familiar with four score. It's like 12 years or some crap. I don't know. Okay. Something weird. One quarter portion of a year. Hey, Siri, how long is a score? The answer I find is 118 minutes. No. That's not right. That's a movie starring... (laughs) Who's that? Val Kilmer and... Wow, now now I want to (laughs) know. Frank Oz directed it, though. Weird. Starring Robert De Niro and Ed Norton. And it was 118 minutes long. There you go. So... (laughs) A score is 20 years. Wow. Isn't that just called like two decades? Yeah. <laughs> so anyways, point being, this week felt like a score. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Probably because we did such a quick uh, React episode and we've all been doing all kinds of crap. It's been a busy week. Yep. I went to Sweden. And you're back. It's crazy. Yeah, you did. You left the country. I went to- I flew across the ocean and back. <laughs> I went to that COVID cesspool that you were born in, Ryan. <laughs> you sure did. Recorded hella early put out the episode early yeah so it's been a minute yeah here we are we're back okay now now we remember what happened (laughs) and we're here to talk about some really 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 good star wars hell yeah very awesome very stoked and we only have a little break until that star wars visions thing comes out so very stoked all right let's get into it we're uh, talking about the two-part season finale of the bad batch let's do it what have you done with those plans the Bad Batch Season 1, Episodes 15 and 16, Return to Camino and Camino Lost. Two-part season finale, like we mentioned in last week's React episode. Disney, at first, didn't even have the actual episode titles up. They were just called Season Finale Part 1 and Season Finale Part 2 for a minute. So it seemed like they had double names. It was confusing. But it's all fine now. Debuted August 6th and 13th on Disney+. Plus. Duh. Directed by Nathaniel Villanueva and Sal Ruiz, respectively, both veterans of this show. Written by Matt Michnovitz and Jennifer Corbett. Jennifer Corbett being the producer, right? Yeah, she's kind of like the Filoni, I feel like, of this showrunner, maybe, you might want to call it. Yeah, that's right. Starring The Usuals and Stephen Stanton, returning as Tarkin. He nails that voice, dude. He really does. It's really he, He's yeah. perfect with the, the role of the R. It's really subtle when it needs to be, really prominent when it needs to be. It's impressive. You don't have that much information to study either. Right, know, to, yeah. To really yeah. get that down, so kudos. 26 and 28-minute runtimes, respectively. Disney Plus description is the same on both. Wait for it. <laughs> the Bad Batch find themselves in unexpected territory in this thrilling finale. All right. I mean, it's not wrong. <laughs> In turn. 
First impressions, uh, should we waste much time reacting since we did a reaction to the first one and this is kind of a continuation? I mean, say a little bit. Give, give us some thoughts, dudes. Big fan. You know, there was nothing about this show or this season of television that I, that I didn't like. I mean, it was, it was tons of fun and it's Star Wars. But this kind of thing, the, the two-part arc and it being 100% character-driven, that's what I'm here for. And yeah. dude, just like knocked it out of the park. I mean, I was edge of the seat glued. Like no big unnecessary battle or any crap. Yeah, some you know? of the some of the as we call them like the monster of the week episodes, you know, right? We talk about that a lot. And some of those I'll find myself on my phone and, you know, I for the sake of the pod, I'll I'll be like, "Oh shit, I'll, I'll go back, you know, like hit the 30 second back button or what, you know, and rewatch whatever it was that I got distracted from." That that was not the case at all for both of these episodes. I, I just going back to Camino like this, and I think we've also talked about how cool it is to have the source material and be able to sort of rewrite how we got to the source material. You know, it's such an interesting way of storytelling. And how cool is this? You know, to bring Camino in such a massive way because obviously it was a big part of the prequels and learning of how the Clone Wars came to be. They they took us there a couple times. But it wasn't like the focus of the films. And so this made Camino just like this crown jewel of the story. And going into season two, you know, we, we I mean, I, and I will say this too, and I'll shut up and let Nick go. But the, I mentioned something on the, I wasn't around last week, but two weeks ago. Uh, so for episode 14, I talked about that Mount Tantis, right? This was called in the, the original Thrawn trilogy, the heir to the empire trilogy that timothy zahn wrote in the late 90s and it's just it just happened like i was yeah i was so right confirmed <laughs> as hell we're gonna talk about that in uh what do you call it later yeah and i only said that it was like um like a, a paying tribute to it that that base sort of felt like it was inside of a mountain and that like triggered that memory for me but when, when that happened at, at the you know the sort of it was almost like should have been a stinger it would have been cool if that was like a stinger after the credits right yeah with mm -hmm. nala walking out and um but yeah, I was just, I was like, okay, cool. We're at a cloning facility inside of a mountain. This is, Timothy Zahn must be like so jacked up right now. <laughs> yeah. I loved it. Hella jacked. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll definitely piggyback on what you said about it being character driven. And I think that, you know, when you really sit back and relax, it's really easy to watch the last two episodes and be like, yeah, nothing really, you know. There was no big battles, you know? There was no uh, mystery person showed up. There was no twist or anything like that. It really was just them going down the road of where they came from, where they ended. Kind of, there's some weird, uh, I guess weird's not the right word. There's definitely like a poetic thing of them being like reborn, coming out of those capsules at the end. Hell yeah. You know, like- So cool. Now they're being reborn into a new galaxy, you know, like that's where they started and, and now they're starting over coming out of those those capsules again. So yeah, I mean, it's really easy for, for the knuckleheads out there to be like, who's boring? It's like, no, it was just fully about the characters and fully about mostly like cross hair coming back and and yeah. interacting with them in a sense that we didn't none of us really guessed that crosshair being back in the fold was going to be the way that it was so no not I at all i mean it was great and yeah we, we saw the death of camino which after the prequels the clone wars and now a full season of this was you know 
we'll mention it later in the den of antiquities but like it was it was like a character dying you know like yeah. maybe one we didn't have like a full-on human attachment to but it was i mean to a lot of people and maybe a different younger generation that's like watching i don't know tatooine blow up you know like it's yeah it's pretty heavy i think the writing was just so good man yeah a lot of what you just said nick like i consider myself to be a, a somewhat intelligent person and when i watch film you know i break it down and think about it and I hadn't even considered that, like the rebirth from the pods, like that dude. Yeah. And now I'm like, you idiot. <laughs> yeah. that, that, that's exactly what that was. But that crosshairs kind of unexpected return, did did any of us think throughout the season that Star Destroyers blowing up Camino was going to be the finale? Like yeah. it, was, it was all such a good surprise. Mm-hmm. And the fact that they were able to pull us through you know, 14 episodes prior, still not knowing what was going to happen. And we had all these speculations and things. And I think nothing we really speculated is is how it actually closed out. And I'm I'm really stoked on that. Yeah, that's great. I mean, just just in general, like the it, there's no one there was no one to protect Camino. They got rid of all the clones who are all all following Order 66, you know. So once it was empty and decommissioned, they just blew it up to make sure it stayed decommissioned there was nothing there was no war there so if that feels like like a little bit of a dud of an ending it's like well kind of the process of taking over galaxy is going to have some boring ish moments and i don't think it was boring i'm not saying it was but there was no battle it was just hey it's empty blow it up now end of story yeah it's it's boring if you don't understand what's happening in below the surface terms yeah you know like on the surface like oh they blew up a building but what they're really doing is executing a character. It ended mm-hmm. with an execution. You know what I mean? And if a full, like, blowout blaster fight with battle droids is not a battle for you. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't go as deep on the webs, you know, and see what people don't like. But I, I wasn't aware that people were nah, up I mean, in arms a little bit. But You uh, could assume these days there's just something wrong about everything to some yeah. people. <laughs> I thought it was super exciting all yeah, the way through. Great. And I thought the, the destruction was super dramatic and the level of cinematography with the entire city falling to the bottom of the ocean. Like yeah. it was, it was so sick. One more comment on the full circle thing before we get into this quick synopsis. That, that is a very like textbook screenwriting mechanism that they used there to come full circle. Like that's something that is taught. Like I, I've literally learned that in screenwriting courses. Like I was subscribed to the, to the great courses for a while. And the screenwriting thing that I took, that was like one of the like screenwriting one oh one points, bring your characters full circle, you know, and in the list of like, you know, chord progressions, like, Oh, if we're going to go to the chorus, like one of the songwriting one oh one things is if you're in the minor key, go to the major for the chorus, you know, full circle is one of those tricks, you know? Mm-hmm. So that rebirth ending where they started kind of thing it's so effective because it's the kind of thing that's worked for thousands of years in storytelling and they nailed it yeah they nailed the freaking landing man in one way it's the full circle for them but it's legitimately the end of the clone wars clone wars has been done as far as the war goes but the cloning is done as far as making clones so yeah we watched the funeral we watched the burial exactly all right let's do a quick synopsis We start episode 15 with Hunter held prisoner by Crosshair, like we left him in episode 14. The squad comes to save him on Kamino. 
I'm going to do this in the broadest brush strokes possible. They make their way into Topoca City via a secret platform out in the middle of the ocean. That leads them through one of the underwater tunnels, again, a secret one to Nalise's private lab, where we find out when we get there was the birthplace, like we talked about, of Clone Force 99, where they were mutated and enhanced. Turns out that they're not defective. They were actually created with a purpose. That's another little bit that we'll talk about in the Den of Antiquities. Crosshair uses Hunter as bait to get everyone in one place. He lures the squad there. Omega stays behind in the lab. The elite squad troopers end up finding her. There's a bunch of crap that goes on. Long story short, there's a standoff. Basically, Crosshair says he's going to give them another chance. Crosshair orders the death troopers, the elite squad, whatever you want to call them, to stand down. They say, no, man. Sorry, Commander. Suck one. Crosshair then pulls this trick shot, kills them all. And essentially, that's his moment of like, does that prove it to you that, that I'm here to talk, basically? Meanwhile, Omega, she knows what's going on, so she's got her own plan. She activates these training droids. They're firing live rounds. They come in there. They end up in this big battle. And it's an awesome, again, an awesome screenwriting thing where they have to get the Bad Batch and Crosshair on the same team somehow. So there's this mutual enemy of the droids. They beat the droids. At the end of the battle, we cut to Rampart and Tarkin. At Tarkin's command, Rampart orders the Star Destroyers to fire on the city. Dark-ass moment. Cut back to Crosshair and the Bad Batch. He tells them he, he had his chip removed. It's, it's the dramatic conversation that we're talking about. It's super heavy. Star Destroyers start firing on the city. Hunter stuns Crosshair. They grab him. They start to make their way out. They begin their escape. As the city is bombarded by the Star Destroyers, roll credits. It's a to-be-continued, obviously, because it's a two-part thing. So we jump right back in in episode 16 with the Star Destroyers just opening fire. We see Rampart on the bridge of the Star Destroyer. Super classic OT kind of shot. The Bad Batch end up trapped in the wreckage below the water. The whole, like one of those sort of mushroom head pieces of the city sinks down to the bottom. They're in it. They're trapped. It's just all hell is breaking loose. The thing turns on its side. They're sliding down. They're climbing up. It's just like all, all the suspenseful stuff that you expect from this kind of thing. It ends up settling near the floor of the ocean on top of one of the tubes that they came into the city in from that secret platform. Turns out that's how they're going to get out. AZ's back, by the way. Mm-hmm. AZ does a little um, cut and weld to make an airtight little pathway from the floor of the room that they're in into the tube so that they can get out and escape. They're running out through that thing. There's a big giant fish. There's always a bigger fish. They get to a point where they realize they have no more tube. No more table. <laughs> Insert diehard clip. Where are you going, pal? <laughs> Thanks for the advice. That was good. Um, they realize that the tube between the spot where they are and the marauder is broken. They're screwed. So they have to come up with another plan. The idea is they're going to get in the pods because they're back in Nalise's lab. They're going to get in the pods, the very same pods, like we said earlier, that they were in when they were enhanced. They're going to float those out up to the surface. They're going to paddle over, and they're going to get to the Marauder. Lots of drama in that, of course, because as they're coming up, wreckage is coming down. Dude. So heavy. Omega gets hit by some wreckage. We think she's dead for a second. Then AZ saves her. Then AZ runs out of power. And dude, uh, and then there's dude, this Titanic I'm, moment. Is this not like, just all-time Star Wars? Like, dude, it's it really so good. Was, how, you, man. how was this boring to anyone? It was so it good. It really was. I was like, dude, when AZ was was dying for yeah. all mm-hmm. intents and purposes like i was emotional it was yeah. like an et moment totally. dude it was gnarly. Dude. the way it was shot the music i'm like i didn't know i cared about az but his please, voice please don't die buddy yeah. <laughs> yes buddy that's the thing <laughs> yeah. all of a sudden 
this give me a dog. I go, hey, bud. Yeah, oh, they're going to kill their dog? They're going to kill this cruise dog? What the? Yeah, brutal. Don't kill a dog in a movie. I'm not going to watch it. And then they did it. But then Crosshair, he comes through at the end, saves AZ, saves Omega, because Omega goes back down to get AZ, of course, because she's just the biggest heart in all of Star Wars, basically, Mm -hmm. next to Ahsoka. Saves her. They're all fine, essentially. Sun comes out on Kamino. End of story. Then we get sort of the, uh, what would be like a post-credits kind of stinger thing. We get as the final scene. The clone commandos deliver Nala Say to this giant mountain base, which we learned to be Mount Tantus, like we mentioned earlier. And we find out that, like we expected, the Empire has some big things planned for Nala Say In her scientific future, <laughs> it's going to get real dark. And that's that. That's the end. End of season one. Sweet. This is, uh, I mentioned it on another on another episode, but I never watched Clone Wars in real time, and I think I only watched the last two seasons of Rebels in real time. So this is the first time I'm watching a season one of like a Lucasfilm animation. And I honestly, I would go as far as to say it's the best season one that they've done yet. So 100%. I think that that's, that's pretty promising for the, for the series. Yeah, for any hater of anything in this first season, what? <laughs> like this isn't enough in a, in, a, in a first season? It will never be enough. Yeah. It's never going to be enough, man. Come on. There were there were people that were mad that they copped out. I'm air quoting copped out with droids when Luke came back. Like it just it's not it's never enough. Right. Right. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, could, Luke Skywalker came back and he couldn't kill real people. <laughs> the CGI was bad. Get out. That's my. I should have said that, and I didn't even say that. That's my line. Yeah. Anyway, let's uh, discuss a few key things before we get into the other segments. So we mentioned a bunch of this in the reaction episode, but we'll kind of. We'll hit on a few of these things again. Experimental, not defective. Yeah. It's so awesome and interesting that they have these identities as individuals. They come together, the Bad Batch and Omega, because they're all defective, quote. But they're not. They were very purposefully made, very purposefully designed. It's like experimenting to see what clones could do if they just yeah. weren't the standard plug in the DNA and grow it in the tube like what how far could we take this thing so there's two things that popped in my mind i remember whatever episode it was three or four where cut laquane said he had some line where he was like kaminoans don't create without purpose or something like that so that's there it is that's definitely like a clue that they were created and i think the process now that we're we have enough information here is that like it seems like the experiment was to get the mutations then i think the amputations were amplified Right. That's what I think is what wound up being the actual like process. There is a parallel to real world experimentation there in that in fruits and vegetables and things, different cultivars of bananas or whatever the hell we have, mm-hmm. trying to get apples to be redder or things to have more flavor, or whatever, all comes from sort of instigating mutation, encouraging mutation by like hitting things with a whole bunch of radiation. Uh-huh. And weird crap comes out and they go, ooh, that one's red. Breed that one now. Mm-hmm. So who knows, you know, what kind of experiments they did on, on clones and, and Petri dishes and stuff in uh, zygotes to make weird crap happen. It's very real world. Speaking of this, Omega was there, like she mentioned, for all of this. She's technically older than them. She was in the lab. She spent most of her life down there in that lab. She said no accelerated aging for her, just like the alpha boba. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about this later. I have some speculation and there's some stuff maybe offline we could 
or for patrons or something, we could talk about what this might mean for her. But it's interesting. It, it's cool to know that they're kind of their peers in that way, even though they're a bunch of big, muscly clone soldier dudes and she's a little girl. <laughs> she's the big sister, actually. <laughs> Crosshair with his inhibitor chip. In episode 15, in the dramatic reunion between the Bad Batch and Crosshair, he says he removed his inhibitor chip because Hunter says, this isn't you. You know, it's the inhibitor chip and so on. He's like, no, I removed it. And Hunter's like, what? Yeah. There's a lot to talk about here. Yeah. I don't know what to make of it. And I don't, you know, I guess it's leaving a loose end for another time to be figured out. But I hate the answer of like, he's, he's like, when did you get it out? Or Hunter says, when did you get it out? And he's like, uh, a long time ago. Why does it matter? It's like, ah, uh, because it matters. We're all, we all want to know. <laughs> it definitely matters. Especially when you're talking about the timeline of all the war crimes that he's committed so far. Yeah. I... We talked about this in the reaction. I wonder if he's lying or if he's mm-hmm. mistaken. Yeah, like I Because just, there's some evidence. It's tough. It's really tough to say because is he talking about a while ago, like a while, while ago, and he was just like watching the other, the rest of the squad, like knowingly have a chip in and he literally was keeping a secret from them or did it happen in the course? Yeah, he says a long time ago. Yeah. Was there not a point in the season where we were like told that his chip was being manipulated yeah, or like absolutely advanced. they cranked it up yeah mm-hmm. we don't know exactly how much time has passed during the season but he for sure had it at the beginning yeah because mm-hmm. otherwise if they went to crank it up they would have someone would have said hey there's no chip in here man mm-hmm. so either he's kind of bullshitting when he says a long time ago assuming that they don't know or he's mistaken or he's telling the truth but i don't know it's just it's so vague. Yeah. It's so vague. We, d- we do know, though, that it was active. Like, all the evidence points to it being very active when he was using the canned phrase, good soldiers follow orders, and that mm-hmm. very entranced, hypnotized kind of tone. And later started saying variations of that, like following orders isn't so difficult, or soldiers follow orders. You know, he's, he's got different tone. And he didn't go with them, you know? Yeah. Right. Like, he's, in the end... He he's stuck to following orders. So I don't know. I, I, I don't I don't think that they're they will leave us hanging on this. Yeah, I think it's just more we'll leave the heavier part of the story for another season. Yeah. But yeah, I mean his his choices, I mean, it's really weird. It's always that like it's that old, you know, Star Wars thing, which I'm sure we'll get for the rest of our lives of like the perceived bad guy not thinking he's a bad guy. He thinks he's doing the right thing. Like he thinks that he could talk the rest of the squad into joining the empire and being a legitimate, powerful force within the empire. That's what he wants. He's not just like, yeah, join the empire. We're going to kill a bunch of people. He's like, no, join the empire because they need us to be like a powerful presence to do what they want to do. So he's like, come, there's purpose. And they're like, nah, dog. Very cool. (laughs) There was some very cool join me together. We can rule the galaxy. Yeah. (laughs) As brother and brother, you know, that was, yeah. that was cool. And just like Kylo and Ray, mm-hmm. they, they both thought that they would turn the other, you know, yeah, like exactly. in coming together, they're looking at each other like, yeah, here we go. All right. We're doing this right. <laughs> nope. And how cool is it to put something like that into, you know, these animated series that not every Star Wars fan on the street stops to watch these, right? I mean, it's, it's not the same as the films. We talk about that all the time, mm-hmm. but how cool is it to, to take, Anakin and Luke 
into Ray and Kylo into Crosshair and Hunter. Like, yeah. yeah. I mean, there's a direct parallel there that is so well done and, you know, not, not ripping anything off and not, it's just, it's, it's just all tribute to the original version of, of mm-hmm. this the relationship. And yeah, I really like that. And it's all very much in the theme of uh, a certain kind of storytelling or a certain aspect of human personality where you're, when you get entrenched in a belief system or something, or you, you're really, really married to an idea, an identity, something that you, you feel like everyone should be a part of. You feel like if someone's on the other side of it, they're your enemy, you know, that kind of thing. It goes back, like the mentioning the thing about purpose and seeing themselves as superior. It's very much a Nazi vibe, an Aryan mm-hmm. nation kind of vibe, Sith, dark side thinking. To, it's so easy to take in this kind of storytelling and just go, yeah, I get this. I get this. I've had relationships with people who are equally as deluded and f***ed up and thinking they're the hero in the story yeah. <laughs> when they're clearly the villain. Mm-hmm. Another thing I thought was cool, and I can't remember anything more than a, one specific moment, but Wrecker definitely had some more nuance in this. Mm-hmm. Finally, he called out Crosshair at one point in a very kind of like let down, disappointed, angry, everything kind of way. I I think it was after they first started to escape. Yeah, I think it was in one of the tubes when they were in, they were trying to get to the lab. Yeah. I don't remember the line, but I just remember thinking like, wow, this is a lot more nuanced performance. It might be in one of the quotes, but to paraphrase, he basically was saying like, hey, even though you've sucked for a while, we would have welcomed you back. Yeah. That was pretty yeah. much it. And then I think when they're about to go, he's like, you coming? He looks mm-hmm. at him, you know? And even that, just that little line was was a little more. Yeah. I appreciated that. You know, I don't think we've really talked about this or mentioned it. Maybe we have. But the fact that, that Wrecker has, in, in the time we've known him, accomplished all these great things and won all of these great battles being blind in one eye. (laughs) (laughs) Doesn't bother him at all. No depth perception. Still crushing. (laughs) Still wrecking. Um, Another great clone moment from a reg. When that clone comes to bring the status report to Rampart that the city has been destroyed. Yeah. Brutal. Brutal. Brutal moment. Mm -hmm. Voice shaking. (sighs) The city has been completely destroyed, sir, or whatever Mm -hmm. he says. Very hesitant. You know, he had to go and give that information to Rampart, but he was very hesitant with what he had to say because it was just like, yeah, we blew up my house just like you wanted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's so good. And it may, it's, it's more evidence that, like we've talked about before, Order 66 was maybe a program that was pretty Jedi-centric or it's just wearing off because mm-hmm. like we mentioned, it, it's an organic chip. So maybe it's rather than being like a, a brain-computer interface kind of thing, it's like a time release neurochemical mechanism kind of thing mm-hmm. that the dose wears off over time. Combination of the two maybe. And we're getting clones like Hauser, more like Rex. And we might see season two might be all about a clone uprising. Please. I hope. Please do. A couple more things here. Great line from Tech. He says, Crosshair has always been severe and unyielding. It's his nature. A little clue into like whether or not he's maybe telling the truth. Mm-hmm. But it, it was like, you know, it was like a short, like a, a typical kind of tech line, but it was more insightful and less dry. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It was very like, 
hey, man, we know this about this person. Yeah. Not like, oh, that is incorrect. You yeah. know, like mm-hmm. he usually says. Maybe that's like um, if 1A of his mutation is he's crosshair and he's a great shot, maybe like 1B is him being severe and unyielding. Maybe he needs to be like yeah. callous in order to focus to be a good shot, something like that, you know? Maybe he has to be like Agent Callus mm. to become a better dude. Agent Callus, raise mom. All right, let's move on to this. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. A certain point of view. Many of the truths we cling to depend greatly on our own point of view. We have a few things here that are legitimate actual gripes and a Mm. few things that are just kind of sort of maybe unanswerable questions that may be answered next season. May just kind of be crap to talk about right now. My, my, My big questions were like, what happened to any of the three clones? You know, that we, you know, Rex, obviously, which was weird because in part 15, I want to say, at one point, Omega was sent back to the Marauder to contact Rex. So I was like, oh, Rex is going to save them or something or show up in episode 16, which he didn't. So that seemed like a real loose end. And then there's Gregor and Hauser. What's up with the... I mean, we know where Gregor is. Gregor's with Sid. Yeah, we we did think Hauser was going to come back in some way, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe that's a Bad Batch mission or two in the next season where they have to, like, go get all the other yeah, guys. I, there's no way they introduced those characters to not have them be a part of season two totally especially if dreams come true and we get some kind of clone uprising type Mm. thing what's crazy about a clone uprising not to get off of certain point of view but is we know it didn't work yeah so so (laughs) they're gonna how cool uh you know to write that Uh, like any of this stuff like i said to be able to write backwards Mm -hmm. you know you're gonna lose we already talked about the 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 kind of the general disappointment in this finale, we already, we already addressed that. I think that was sufficient. Stupid. One thing I have. Get over it. Yeah, get Shut over up. It. You suck. <laughs> it, it was a big blowout episode. Uh, sorry. We're done talking about it. <laughs> uh, one little thing I had, which I actually just found the answer to. Why did it stop raining on Camino? Isn't it always raining on Camino? Seemed like there's constant storm for sure. Yeah. I have a thought. Go ahead. It's Star Wars and there's always just some kind of tech that you're like, well, that works. It was sort of a <laughs> hidden facility, right? Yeah. Like nobody was supposed to know it was there. You know, you couldn't fly a satellite over Camino and look down and see what was going on because it was completely covered by clouds. Mm. Who's to say that that wasn't being generated by, you know, there was some, some sort of terraforming weather creating tech around the facility. Facility sinks to the bottom of the ocean. No more rain. Yeah. I like that. Like it was a, a, a sort of natural cloaking device on a water planet. You know, they're able to create lots of moisture. I mean, clouds form from evaporated water and rain back down, right? So how hard would that be in yeah. Star Wars to create something that could create weather patterns, right? Mm-hmm. So that worked. Well, going with the the whole, yeah, it being hidden, wasn't Kamino the planet that didn't exist in the Jedi archives in yeah. Attack of the Clones? So no one's supposed to know where it is. So if you're flying over it and it looks like Titan, you know, and you can't Mm -hmm. see down to the surface because of the storms that, you know, they were doing it on purpose and whatever facility that was 
had the technology to create that those weather systems is now at the bottom of the ocean. Yeah. Here's something even simpler. From the very first paragraph in the Astronomy and Geography of Camino Wikipedia article. Great. Quote, I'll shut up. However, <laughs> the surface of Camino was not always subject to constant rain. As such, was in a separatist attack to gain a DNA sample of Django Fett. So on the first battle of Camino, which was in a comic, no rain. Hmm. It just wasn't raining that day. So I guess in George Lucas's film noir themed episode two, just had to be raining. Yeah. And in every single shot we saw of it in 16 episodes of The Bad Batch, it had to be raining. Yeah. Yep. They're just keeping the vibe. Good enough for me. Um, lastly, in a certain point of view, this one is, I'm just going to have to just let this go, even though. It really bothers me. <laughs> They're rising too fast in those pods. They would get the bends. <laughs> and then sinking too fast. They would be screwed. Their eardrums would be blown out. They'd be screwed. Yeah. Right? That's part of their mutation. No bends. <laughs> they were very deep. They were very far underwater. The pressure would have been immense to just travel upward in a in a glass pod with no regulated speed. Yeah. Eyeballs blown out. Yeah. Blood everywhere. Yeah. I definitely have like a major fear of how massive any ocean is and being very deep in that mass massive ocean. So uh, there were definitely some scenes in this where I was just like, hope yeah. I'm never that deep. Do you struggle with the abyss? Yeah, I mean, I have not watched it in a very long time. That movie freaked me out. Especially the, I mean, it's gnarly when Ed Harris is going down in the in the water breathing suit, but mm -hmm. gnarlier when whatever his name is is going down thinking he's going to get away. Like, oh, dude tries to escape. And yes. It, yeah. And, and he, he just implodes. So yeah. Great film. That's exactly what I thought of. What was the, the last time I felt like a weird, oh, Gravity. Okay. Oh. Sandra Bullock, uh, George Clooney movie, Gravity. Also great film. Very good, very good film. But the last time I was watching a movie or show that I felt like sick was, I want to say it was the end of that movie. Sorry, spoiler alert for the movie gravity it was the end of the film where she re-enters and then there's one more thing that goes wrong and she's like needs to escape i guess whatever pod she's in and she's pretty deep in water and she mm -hmm. might not make it to the surface it's like they went through this whole space ordeal to or she did went through this whole space ordeal to survive and re-enter earth but then she lands in water and almost like doesn't make it Almost drowns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that giving me like super, super like deep talk water about, anxiety. Talk about some like being born, you know, yeah. parallels. Yeah, totally. Some like re rebirth, like life coming from the ocean that fell from space. Yeah. So sick. <laughs> See, sometimes I get it. I just did. I wasn't paying attention <laughs> to this. For over a thousand generations. It is the dark side. Oh gosh. It's a Calicore. A Sith wayfinder. Dark science. Cloning. Ten of antiquities. We have quite a few, actually. First one is a little bit of an unanswerable question, but just a fun observation. There were 12 pods in Nalase's lab, mm. different sizes. Mm. Who were in those pods originally? Does she just have a lot of pods and she's just always doing experiments, or was it a specific number because there are a specific number of mutated clones and we just haven't met some mm. of them? Or we have and we don't know. Like, is Rex a mutated clone, but just, like, slightly mutated? Good question, yeah. Stuff like that. It's bad Batch medium, Bad Batch small, <laughs> Bad Batch large. <laughs> Thankthemakermerch.com. Mild, medium, hot. <laughs> yeah. 
when Crosshair lands on Camino, we mentioned this last week, the same music from the score of episode two, when Obi-Wan lands on Camino, that rolls there a couple more times in the episode as well. The training arena, we mentioned this as well, full circle, especially for Echo, because we met him in Clone Cadets, the episode in season three, and then throwing back to the Bad Batch at the beginning of the season when they kind of had to prove themselves to Tarkin, mm-hmm. bringing it back. couple quotes that feel like callbacks. There's some fun ones here. Crosshair says, you won't be needing your weapons when he meets them there. Feels like a callback to Yoda and the Empire Strikes Back with Luke. Your weapons, you will not need them. Then he says, don't become my enemy. Reminiscent of Anakin's, if you're not with me, then you're my enemy line from episode three. Good stuff. The battle droids, we mentioned this, I guess, yeah, earlier in the season. We mentioned how these battle droids, the big burly white ones, are an early version, maybe like a a first-gen version of the Dark Troopers that we see in Mando. All of this inspired by Dark Forces, a video game from the 90s. Was that a PC game or PlayStation? What was it? It's a PC game, right? PC, yeah. Yeah. Moving on, the elite squad of troopers, Crosshair's crew, the female one is the only one who survives, who doesn't get hit with the trick shot by Crosshair. Right. Further evidence that this may, in fact, be Iden Versio from Battlefront 2. Yeah. That's cool. That'll get a lot of people stoked. I don't remember if we covered this or not, but for anyone who might not have listened, that, like, bank shot, that trick bank shot that Crosshair hits to shoot uh, all those elite squad troopers that's also a callback to the clone wars bad batch arc he does that down a hallway kind of a bank shot that takes out like 20 battle droids oh yeah so that's definitely a callback dope he's probably really good at pool (laughs) yeah (laughs) exactly billiards champ (laughs) az the name someone mentioned this online and i thought it was smart and probably right possibly a little reference because az works in the cloning facility with these Modified clones, A to Z, Alpha to Omega, mm. first and last letters of the alphabet. Cool, 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 cool. I like that. Like that. Hey, it seems like he's sticking around. So yeah. I feel like they finally, I don't want to like devalue Gonky, but they might now have a droid that actually speaks English. Yeah. <laughs> Him and Gonky will be buds though. Yeah. He can charge from Gonky's battery. Oh, totally. Yeah. He's set now. That's why they set up the whole battery thing. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of crosshair shooting stuff, going back to trick shots and things, crosshair shooting the tow cable at AZ when at first he's got the barrel kind of right at Hunter's head when AZ and Omega are down deep in the water. AZ's. Yeah, and it was like legit, like he was saying, no, 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 you're not going anywhere. Like I'm still delivering you to the Empire or yeah. whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. It kind of had that vibe of like, we're getting out of this, but like I'm helping you stay alive, but you're still coming with me. That's what it felt like. But then he aims just off axis, just to the right of his head, fires down, hits AZ with the tow cable and pulls them up. This is a really good parallel to Rebels season two, episode 17, when Agent Callus and Zeb were stranded on that moon together. They were trying to escape and Zeb was like hanging from the edge of this cliff and there was this giant monster about to come up behind him. As he looks up, Callus has a blaster drawn at him. And he's like, oh, shit, I'm done. He says, oh, Carabast or whatever, you know. <laughs> but then Callus does the same thing, points off to the side, shoots the monster behind him, saves him, pulls him up. Good parallel. Mount Tantus, 
confirmed, absolutely confirmed, not just a tribute like Ryan said, but actually confirmed as the name of this mountain that we see in episode 16. This was notated on a a piece of concept art done by a concept artist named Chris Madden, who works at Lucasfilm. It's there. It's for real. It's the smartest thing I've ever said on the podcast. (laughs) Um, So wait, so we were referring to Mount Tantus as that kind of like in the mountain base, right? Like the one I said that looked like G.I. Joe or whatever. Right. Isn't that what we were calling, man? So, But we are to assume mm-hmm. that we're back on that planet here just okay. in a different gotcha. spot, right? Mm-hmm. Mount Tantus, I learned a little bit more about it. So in the novel that Ryan references, there is a cloning facility, and it's where the Emperor was doing all this cloning experimentation and whatnot, and there was a crazed Jedi named Joris Kaboth. Mm-hmm. Do you, know, you remember this name? Yep who ordered the creation of a clone that became Luke Skywalker. Yeah. Luke with two, two U's. Two U's. <laughs> Love the it. two Utes. <laughs> um, made from Luke's hand that was cut off. There's an image here of like the two squaring off, and it's, it's a little goofy looking. It's a little hokey. <laughs> it was the 90s. Yeah, yeah. it looks hella 90s. It was, it was hard sci-fi. Star Wars went hard sci-fi in the 90s. Star Wars went real weird. <laughs> Nonetheless... That's what happened uh, at Mount Tantus back in the day. It's weird because Timothy Zahn would have written that before Attack of the Clones. Correct. So cloning wound up becoming a thing, you know? Correct. It's kind of bizarre for him to be like, what if there was a clone? Well, he he just jumped off of like, you fought in the Clone Wars? Like, that's, yeah, that's yeah. it. Sure. And he thought yeah. like, okay, well, what are clones? Where did that come yeah, from? Yeah, good point. The coolest part about this to me is this is, to me, just like, Right in the face of every impatient, crabby idiot who's like, oh, man, canon sucks, dude. All the extended universe stuff's better, man. When they made all that stuff Legends, man, they blew it, dude. So much better. <laughs> no, man. They did that on purpose. They, had a, they clearly had a plan. We're going to make all this Legends, and then that way we get to pick whatever we want from it and pull it into the cinematic universe mm-hmm. and make it awesome. Yeah. Just like Marvel has done with 70 years of Marvel comics. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's so dope. Just be patient. Like Nick keeps saying, pump the brakes. Yeah. Enjoy it. Imagine enjoying the thing that you enjoy. (laughs) (laughs) That's my favorite line from John Lennon's Imagine. Yeah. Imagine enjoying the thing that you enjoy. (laughs) It can be done. Speaking of clones and stuff, the cloning scientist, doctor or whatever at the end had on the exact same outfit, like to a T. I saw him side by side as Dr. Pershing from The Mandalorian. Set patches on both shoulders. That's the only difference. Even the goggles, you know, reminiscent yep. of the, and the glasses. It's definitely, well, definitely is, I can't say that actually. Take that back. It's definitely his mother is what you're going to say. No. It's Ray's mom. Starting over. It's definitely his Delete. mother who's Ray's mom. Hard edit. <laughs> All this stuff to me, and I don't, I don't know, I don't think this is speculation, which we try not to do on the pod, but one, one of, in my opinion, one of the biggest ball drops in Star Wars history is in our Den of Antiquities bumper thing that I made, Charlie from Lost, Dark Signs, cloning. So he was only, you know, like that moment in Rise of Skywalker sort of belittling what was actually happening with Palpatine and how massive of an undertaking it was for him to to return in in a physical form using the dark side of the Force like no one had ever used it before. It, like that he, he knew it could be done and that other people had almost done it and cheated death in that way and he was going to figure it out. That's the story here. And that's what we're watching. 
And I think, yeah. it, look, I don't know the guy, but if he's as big of a fan as we are, Dave Filoni also thought that was a ball drop. And yeah. so in some way, he is taking it on personally to show us how we got there, to sort of start showing, I mean, who's to say Palpatine doesn't, I mean, you know, Palpatine was all over, was all over the Clone Wars. Like, who's to say he doesn't come back and we actually get to see him more as the emperor? Mm-hmm. If we're going to start getting into Mount Tantis, you know, that's where he's doing and and creating these secret cloning experiments to, as we now know from the novelization of the rise of Skywalker, he's trying to create a human vessel to await his imminent death. He he knows he's going to die at some point and he wants to be able to come right back and keep on trucking. And so this is all, I just think showing the cloning officers and Nalase coming in and this is all at the direction of Palpatine. He, as for sure, this, this story is within the Skywalker saga. So we know, you know, Palpatine is pulling the strings, as they say, all along, right? So that's important. And I don't think that's that should be, you know, lost on what's what's happening here and how how massive it is that they're bringing this into the story and into canon, Mount Tantis. Mm-hmm. Because you read that, that trilogy by Timothy Zahn, and that was the whole point of the mountain was it was a hidden sort of vault for all of these devious schemes that Palpatine had up his sleeve it wasn't just cloning in the novels. He had other, there was other stuff he was storing in there. It was like a, it was like a storage, a really big secret storage unit, you know, that only, like yeah. only a couple people had the key to, but that's where the idea for this comes from. And so to be so deliberate in the writing as to say, okay, this is Mount Tantus. This is from this old novel. It's where Palpatine was doing stuff. I think that that's fully deliberate and fully connecting the dots for us to tell the story of of how we got Palpatine back at the end. Like, it, it just has to be, man. Yeah, it's dope. I love that. But the only thing that pops into my mind is, don't we all think that that's what's happening in Mandalorian too? Yeah, uh, 100%. So like and I think that's yeah, what I'm saying is so it's all leaning in to yeah. how important it is, whatever the line in, in the sequel trilogy about, you know, it was Pal- it's Palpatine all along or Palpatine pulling the strings, yep. one sentence to explain the most yeah. important thing in the whole story, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. I think they are both going to do it. I, I mean, I think we are, all of this leads to the Empire, you know, and Palpatine, like that's... For sure. That's the most important thing in the story is, is I, I mean, how we get to, to Palpatine returning in the end. So I think mm. it's happening in both series. Yeah. And I have a prediction. I have a guess about something that I'll mention when we're done in regards to this. Remind me. Palpatine is Ray's grandfather. <laughs> Dude, I figured out a secret. No. <laughs> Remind me at the end. I'll say it to you guys and the patrons. Last thing about this in this Pershing kind of parallel and the scientists and whatnot. And now I'll say, now I'll say is one of now two examples of scientists that are strong armed, sort of blackmailed, threatened into doing dirty work for the empire. Galen or so being the other one, just like again, real world stuff, scientists recruited by Nazis forced to develop weapons, experimental prisoners, all the, all the terrible stuff that has happened in earth's history. This we're just, we're seeing another one right here. Mm-hmm. It's gnarly. Absolutely. Another concept art thing, I don't know where these leaks have come from, but I've learned this stuff on the internet the past few days. The concept art lists the clone commandos at the end, 
as royal guards. Hmm. So when we're thinking back on deaths, the Death Star 2, and there's those two royal guards. The red ones. Underneath there are clones, potentially? Or they're of that lineage. Yeah. Maybe Interesting. trained by clones, mm-hmm. you know, coming from that tier of soldier, I guess. Yeah. Uh, last one, Nick put in here a tweet from David Collins. Yeah, yeah. David Collins is like one of the, you know, Skywalker Sound dudes who's worked. Uh, That's right. For ages, it seems like, on a lot of things that I, uh, I would assume just aren't the movies, like a lot of the animation and video games and stuff, which is why we have like this kind of sound bank that, you know, we keep referencing with all of these episodes. So he tweeted... I was shaken by the death of Camino, so I wanted it to sound like a character. I treated the ronking, groaning, metallic brams you hear to sound like a dying animal or a crying whale song. Brutal. You did it, bud. Yeah. That's exactly what it sounded like. I had it turned up real loud in here. It was, it was cool. Yeah. All right, let's move on. I love you. I know. Favorite scenes, moments, quotes, stuff. You guys got a favorite scene? Um, really hard, actually. As it, it hasn't been very hard through this season of television because, as we've said, sometimes it's like a lot of episodes haven't been super quotable. You know, there's kind of been like the one big battle, obvious choice. This was tough, especially having to choose from two episodes. But mm. um, <laughs> as much as the science doesn't add up, <laughs> the whole sequence of the pods go, you know, going to the surface. Omega going back for AZ, AZ kind of dying almost at that whole, dude, that was just epic, epic Star Wars adventure. Loved it. It was all, as I said, to the top of the show this week, it was all characters. There was no extra stuff. There were no monsters or, Mm -hmm. you know, it was just them fighting for survival. And yeah, man, that the moment when I guess if I had to pick like a specific moment, it's hard because the city blowing up was amazing. Crosshair coming back was amazing. But that moment when AZ is like saying goodbye to Omega, it's heavy. Yeah, really was. I loved it. So that whole sequence was definitely my favorite of the two. I'll go with, you know, the entire Crosshair kind of rejoining the Bad Batch for a second to fight the training droids in the training arena. The action was good, and and then I just I like the the parallel of it being Ray and and Kylo in Snoke's throne room, or Vader and Luke, you know, in in the Death Star. Like I just like that thing we always say, and it'll happen again, I'm sure, in more Star Star Wars storytelling, where it's just the bad guys don't think they're wrong, you know, and they're gonna talk, try and talk you or entice you into joining their side. So. I like the action of that whole scene, but then I, I just also like the parallel to to other older Star Wars. I'm going to go with Nick on this one. It's that conversation in, in episode 15 that revealed that Crosshair isn't just the bad guy. That he it's it's not just that like he has all these wild ideas, but it's like he still cares about the squad mm-hmm. as much as he feels like they've let him down or they disappointed him or they betrayed him. He's giving them another chance and. The way it pans out, the way it ends with that, you know, cutting Snoke in half moment of him doing the trick shot and killing his squad is so, so, so dope. Him talking about, you know, I I already took out my chip. Why does it matter when it happened? All of that. It's like it is like every favorite thing I pick. It's a moment of dialogue and character stuff. And it was brilliant. How about favorite quotes? 
There were, this was like full on favorite conversations. It wasn't yeah. like one liners, you know, there was a lot of back and forth. Um, do one thing I just noticed. I just watched this again, reviewing this right before crosshair does the trick shot. There's a zoom, a slow push into a shot of one of like a little circular mirror. Mm-hmm. Cause there are several around the training room. Yeah. Tech looks at it and kind of nudges wrecker yeah, wrecker. Yeah. Right before it happens, right before he pulls the thing. Mm-hmm. I did not catch that the first couple times. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll go. My favorite quote, I think, you know, it's kind of along the lines of what we were talking about, where like Crosshair, in, he just, he feels betrayed and he's being like, he keeps bringing it up. So I think the second quote we have listed in the poll where he just he says, you betrayed everything we stood for and for what? The Republic. We're loyal to each other, not some empire, Hunter says. And then Crosshair again is like, you weren't loyal to me, bro. Yeah. (laughs) So I kind of like that. I think maybe I'm going to agree with you. And even just if I had to shorten that for myself, like just taking we're loyal to each other, not some empire. That's Mm -hmm. great. That's great Star Wars right there from Hunter. There was one quote I wrote down, but I didn't put in the poll. And it's from AZ. It was almost like a tech quote. But AZ said it, and he he said, Greetings, CT9904. You survived the aerial bombardment, but are now moments away from drowning. <laughs> it's pretty funny. What did, what does he say when he's, like, dying at the end? Something like, I've served... He said something like, I fulfilled, yeah, yeah I fulfilled, fulfilled my purpose, my purpose or, something. or something. Man, or duty or my like So good. I think my favorite quote, it's gonna it's a piece of one of the nominated quotes, and I'll just, I'll read the whole thing. Crosshair says, you want to protect the kid, then let her go. He's talking to Hunter. Stop pretending to be something you're not, Hunter. We're not like the regs. We never have been. We're superior. The Empire can't protect the galaxy without strength. This is what we were made for. Think of all we could do together. We were brothers once. We can be again. You know, with or without the beginning part, you want to protect the kid, let her go. Mm -hmm. But starting with that, stop pretending to be something you're not thing it's that like we mentioned before that certainty that they're the good guy that the bad guy is the good guy Mm -hmm. and it's there's a lot of emotion tied up in it a lot of sincerity there's also like the 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 line reading from d bradley baker which just it's not just that like uh he breaks out of that stereotypical like bond bad guy voice that he kind of does for crosshair when he says we're not like the regs we never have been you know he like he like really like puts a lot of inflection in that and it's it's really really good i think that's my favorite i think the line within the line there the empire can't protect the galaxy without strength i think that's crosshair's whole thing is that i think he sees a purpose for all of them in the empire and he's in a weird way being like the good guy where like he's like no let's go show them that clones are cool you know like the empire could run on clones but they have to be clones of us or something like that you know like i think there's something in there where he's like we can all be together and be the strength that the Empire is desiring. Come join me. Glorious purpose. Mm. Loki vibes. Yeah. All right, let's see what the patrons thought. Five nominees for favorite scenes, five nominees for favorite quotes. First nominee for favorite scenes is the reveal that Nalase had a private lab where the Bad Batch's mutations were enhanced and Omega was created. That's from episode 15. Nominee number two, the Bad Batch and Crosshair join sides one more time to battle the training droids. Also from episode 15. This third one is from the end of episode 15, 
right where we pick up in episode 16, the destruction of Topoka City with the Empire's Venator starships. Fourth nominee, Omega saves Crosshair from drowning. That's in episode 16. And the fifth and final nominee from the season finale, episode 16, the squad use abandoned medical capsules to float to the surface, aided by AZ. Patron of the pod, Space Force. Good name. Your parents are pretty sweet. <laughs> if that cool is your mind. real name. Well, not the most visually stunning of the scenes. I had to go with their escape in the capsules. Their journey on Camino ending in probably the same capsules they were created in. It's like poetry. It rhymes. Yes, sir. The winner with 38% of the vote is the destruction of Topoka City with the Venator ships. I cried, man. <laughs> I cried about an empty city yeah. getting blown up. Just the presentation of it was, it was beautiful. Like they knew what they were doing. And we're like, how do we make this sad? Show a bunch of empty rooms with no clones in them and then just put a score over it. There was no, there was barely any sound. I want to say there was like really low end muffly sound, but I could be wrong even about that. I think there was just a really sad score over that whole scene. Second place, 25% of the vote, the Bad Batch and Crosshair joining up again one more time to battle the droids. Favorite quotes, five nominees, first of which is Hunter and Crosshair. When Crosshair is trying to lure the rest of the squad. Don't bother. They'll come to us. They don't leave their own behind. Most of the time. You tried to kill us. We didn't have a choice. <sighs> and I did. Next one. Nominee number two is also Crosshair and Hunter. This is the one that both of you guys picked, right? Pretty much, I yes. think. You betrayed everything we stood for. And for what? The Republic. We're loyal to each other, not some empire. You weren't loyal to me. I was one of you. You may have forgotten, but I haven't. Third nominee, this is the one I went with. This is Crosshair, his monologue about who they are. You want to protect the kid? And let her go. Stop pretending to be something you're not, Hunter. We're not like the Rakes. We never have been. We're superior. The Empire can't protect the galaxy without strength. This is what we were made for. Think of all we could do. Together. We were brothers once. It can be again. Fourth nominee, more Crosshair and Hunter. Here they are. All those missions together, and you threw it away. We made a choice, and so did you. Soldiers follow orders. Blind allegiance makes you a pawn. A real leader protects his squad. Fifth and final nominee, Wrecker, Crosshair, and Tech. All that time. You didn't even try to come back. We still would have taken you. Let it go, Wrecker. Crosshair has always been severe and unyielding. It is his nature. You cannot change that. He cannot change that. Why are you defending me? I am not. Understanding you does not mean that I agree with you. 
I'm going to say Crosshair has a little bit of a point here. A little bit. They didn't try to come back, but also, I don't know, man. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I feel like when he said that a couple of times, I was like, he's not wrong. He's definitely not wrong. But then also Hunter was like, yeah, but you tried to kill us. So he wasn't wrong either. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Hell of a situation. Patron Stacy Land said, Tech wins this week, in my opinion. That interaction between him, Wrecker, and Crosshair spoke volumes. Tech and Wrecker are hurt by Crosshair, and they finally said something. Tech was trying to comfort Wrecker with his usual, quote, facts, and firmly explained to Crosshair how he feels. Tech is not emotionless, however. He speaks and expresses himself differently, which I agree with. That was good. Nothing wrong with that. Part two of the finale was a family therapy session for the whole Bad Batch. Yeah. Yeah. The winner, with 65% of the vote crushing, it's Tech, Crosshair, and Wrecker. All that time, you didn't even try to come back. You still would have taken you. That was the moment where I was like, oh, Wrecker, you big, yeah. <laughs> lovey, huggy, teddy bear of a killer person. <laughs> and then, you know, the quote, like Stacy talked about, it's really good, man. It's really good. Yeah, I, you know what? I really, with a lot of things that I truly love in life, the killers just put out a new record that's sleepy as hell. I love it three days later. You know, like I, I listen to it and I'm like, you just have to take it in. You can't go in with expectations. I want every killer's record to be like a rock and roll record and they're not. Same thing with Star Wars. It's like, I didn't have expectations for this. And when it finally was over, I was like, well, I'm not blown away. But then when I watched it again, I'm like, it's beautiful. You know, it's just yeah. like a good in a different way. It's like expectations as we are all adults, we have to like learn to temper them and Maybe that's not like a naturally occurring thought process or emotion to a lot of people, but I'm telling you, listen to Daddy Nick right now. Daddy says, yeah. <laughs> Daddy says, temper your expectations. Papa Nick. <laughs> I also love that part that when Tech says, understanding you does not mean that I agree with you. Mm. I can't remember who it was, but it was a news anchor during some riots, something in the past several years. And the dude said, I don't have to agree with something to understand where it's coming from mm -hmm. or empathize with where it's coming from. And that th this kind of resonated with me in that, in that way. Yeah. Like you can, you can fully get it even if you disagree with it. It's not so uh, dissimilar from Lando's line in solo. I don't like yeah. it. I don't agree with it, but I accept it. Yeah. <laughs> Second place with 25% of the vote, crosshair and Hunter, all those missions together and you threw it away. And then Hunter says, we made a choice. And so did you. And then Crosser says, soldiers follow orders. Not good soldiers, just soldiers indicating he's not probably full of shit about the chip. Mm. And the blind allegiance makes you a pawn thing. Just, man, there's like all of these quotes. This is more quotes in just this exchange here. These totally. few than like the entire season. It's so yeah, good. there was more dialogue yeah. in, in this than in the whole season. Yeah. A real leader protects his squad. Good stuff. Are they both right? I think they're both right. <laughs> Dude, that's the best. Yeah. When it's so black and white, it's boring. The ambiguity here makes it everything. Best way to end it, in my opinion. At least end the season, because we know we're getting season two. Hell yeah. So next year is stacked. Oh my goodness, yeah. We get this, we have Kenobi, we have season three of Mando. Rogue Squadron? Rogue Squadron. Is that 2023? No, it's 20, if, as far as we know, it's 2022. And Andor? Yeah. Or yeah. is that 2023? No, I think Damn. it's all 2022. That's crazy. How is that even possible? I mean, it's all filming now, so we're just going to... They're going to move some stuff. They just wrap principal photography on Kenobi. Yeah. Wow. So you know what that means? We're 
what a five how many how far are we out from celebration eight months mm-hmm. we're definitely getting something at celebration for kenobi first we're gonna look. get a lot of mind-blowing stuff yeah, yeah. i'm so pumped so pumped i'm bummed that this season's over but we're not far away from other stuff patience that's all it takes yeah i mean we're basically going to go from visions probably similar like time frame where we're going to go from visions probably a couple of weeks off into book of boba fett hell yeah yeah all right william ryan key let's wrap it up with a quote all right in honor of the batch i, I picked like a wartime quote however i'm going to amend it because it was said by a very legendary but very stuffy old white dude who <sighs> yeah so i'm gonna i'm gonna add a little of my own amendment to this but the quote is we sleep safely at night because rough men and women stand ready to visit violence on those who would harm us. End quote. Winston Churchill. He is a stuffy old white guy. You got that right. Politics. Politics. Because I added women where it's all politics all the time. Politics. This podcast is too woke for me now. I'm out. I'm out. (laughs) Well, the batch stands ready to visit violence on those who would harm the galaxy. Hmm. Blessed is he who in the name of charity and goodwill shepherds the weak through the valley of darkness. Uh-huh. <laughs> For he is truly his brother's keeper and the finder of lost children. Mace Windu. <laughs> the foot fucking master. <laughs> Got my technique down and everything. Don't be tickling enough. nothing. Thank the maker. An abyss gravity pulp fiction World War II podcast. <laughs> subscribe. Subscribe. If you're listening right now and you're not subscribed, subscribe. It's a mere tap of a button. Just on your touch screen, on your smart device. Give it a little tap. Also, go to thankthemakermerch.com, get a shirt. They ate that lady. Also, listen to Armor Party Podcast, part of the Thank the Maker Podcast Network. That's all about costuming, armor building, hosted by Mike Forrester, 501st member. If you want to follow the podcast on social media, you can find us on Instagram at thankthemakerpod, on Twitter at thankthemaker. My stuff is all at Adam the Skull. Mine is at... William Ryan Key. I haven't been plugging this a ton, but if you're bored at work and you have the Twitch app on your phone, or if you don't, download it and then search William Ryan Key. And Monday through Friday, you can watch me making music live on Twitch. It's a good time. Got some amazing people in the chat. We're dubbed the, the weirdos now <laughs> on my Discord, which you should also join that because it's fun. You have to click the invite link on that, which you can find on my socials, like on uh, Instagram or Twitter at William Ryan Key. You click my link tree and you can join the Discord. But um, it used to just say chat, you know, for like the main chat. Now it says weirdo central. <laughs> and I love it because it's all fan generated, you know, and it's all fan driven. Like I didn't do that, but like they did that on their own. And so it's just a really cool community of people. And uh, it's sort of like my new job. And I was thinking about this while I was in Sweden this past week, which was amazing. I don't remember the last time that I had like a job that I was excited to get back to. It was a really good feeling. So I will be back on Monday. Come hang twitch.tv slash William Ryan Key. It's a good time. Adam and I were there once. It was excellent. It's true. (laughs) Uh, All my socials at Nick Bayside. Episode number 10 of the Radio Radio Show is coming out in a few days. And that'll mark 100 different artists that I have played in 10 episodes. So I'm very stoked about that. And really, uh, Bayside's about to go on tour. So I'm going to play week by week by ear, whether or not I could record Thank the Maker. But uh, we will figure it out. I'm sure I'll make it work more so than not, but Bayside's going on tour. 
please come see us. I'm going to have a great time. I'm very nervous. I'm not a nervous guy about touring or performing or anything like that, but these are uh, extenuating circumstances. I'm extremely nervous. So Trying times. <laughs> yes, but it'll be great. You got this. It'll be great. I just, uh, of course, we're starting in Florida. The, uh, I, is it the epicenter of COVID? I don't know. Vegas might be. I, I don't know where it is these days. I have no idea, but I think Florida might be pretty bad. So It's, it's not so, yeah. good. <laughs> not it's the word bad. I would definitely use. Bad. <laughs> Yeah, a couple of shows are starting to sell out. A couple more have uh, low-ticket warnings. It's going to be great. Come see us. Also, if you want to support this podcast, patreon.com slash thankthemakerpod. We have some patrons with us right now listening in as we record. You can do that at the top tier at the Jedi Council tier, patreon.com slash thankthemakerpod. For as little as $3 a month, $36 a year, you get Discord access. It's good times. Do it. Hang out. Everybody, thanks for listening. Patrons, thank you for being here. Dudes, thank you for liking Star Wars and being my friend. (laughs) Until next week, may the Force be with you. 